And I had a pen attached to your bulletin this morning, so hopefully you didn't take the pen off and leave it on the table. Okay. Because uh, you're going to need a pen. Who doesn't have a pen? I'll see if Corey will pass some out for us. Everybody got a pen? Right here. There's one. Also a bulletin. Do we have an extra bulletin? Everybody got a pen? Because you're going to need one in just a little bit. Okay. Tina's got her pen. She's got two pens. Why do you have two pens? Because you brought your own pen. Okay. So now I do want you to fill out the information on the front side. So please do that. But on the back side, uh, hang on. We'll, we'll get to that. All right. Thank you very much for your help with that. Start a new series today. Unshakable faith. Uh, a friend of mine, Nelson Searcy, wrote a book called Unshakable. And in that book, he took a whole year of prayer needs and prayer requests that had come into the Journey Church and formulated this book. And mainly it was to provide a book for first-time guests. And so we've used that same book. It's a it's a great book. And so this message series comes from that book in some some ways. It influenced the message series. But we want to talk about an unshakable faith, standing strong when things go wrong. Not only about you, but things can go wrong fast. If you have children, especially, things can go wrong fast. And if you have multiple children, it just seems... That's why they made America's Funniest Home Videos. So you could be a wealthy person, at least $10,000 richer, if you can get the right video moment, capture it and get it to them. Uh, in just a few minutes, I want us to look at four promises of unshakable faith, but I want to tell you a true story before we start. In 1958, I was three years old. It was a long, long, long ago, yes. We had a subdivision like most subdivisions, just Full of little houses. We had a three-bedroom. Actually, it was a two-bedroom, one-bath house. My dad converted the single-car garage to a bedroom when my sister was born. The other bedroom, he and mom had one, and the other bedroom was okay for five boys. But when my sister came, she got the whole garage. You f- Go figure that. But that's not the story. That's still my pain that I feel for and have for years. I love my sister, but anyway, that's that's for another message. Okay, this story, 1958, it's springtime, I'm three, sirens are going off, tornado sirens are going off, and we are dead in the middle of a tornado coming straight at our subdivision. Of course, looking out the window, it looked like it was coming directly at our house. It hit a, to- it hit a, a trailer park 
a half a mile from our house and leveled the trailing trailer park. So what do you learn growing up in the south in Tornado Alley? Don't live in a trailer. That's what you learn. There's no foundation for that trailer to hang on to. You can strap it down all you want to. It kept coming toward our house. The funny part of the whole story was my older brother John, some of you have met him. Uh, he's tall. He's six foot four. And at that time he was six foot four across. I mean, he was huge. He weighed 300 pounds when he was in the seventh or eighth grade. He was big, big, big kid. And I wasn't quite so big. I was much smaller. Wish that would have held on, but it didn't. When the tornado was coming, my mother's only way to get us safe was to put us under the bed. Now, you're supposed to go to the bathroom, get in the bathtub, and put a put a, a uh, mattress over you, right? Not my mother. Shoves us under the bed. There's a mattress on top of us, but we're shoved under the bed. Now, I went really, really easy and real fast and went right up to the wall, right up to the corner. Brother, not so much. <laughs> you got to visualize this. You've got... She, mother's trying to squeeze his fat little body under this bed. And he's stuck. He's really stuck. And he starts to scream, I'm going to die! And she's pushing. She's on the back side of him. She's pushing with her shoulder. I'm underneath the bed pulling his arms. His eyes are this big. And he's screaming, I'm going to die! By the time we got through yelling and screaming, the tornado had already come and gone. All it did was it took the shingles from our house, lifted them up intact, took them to the front yard, and set them down. That was it. That was it. And my mother sat in the window watching the tornado come while she's pushing on my brother. And I wondered, what caused us to be able in that moment to have an unshakable faith. I could hear my mother praying to God. Asking God for protection. Now houses are a little more stable than a trailer. But in a tornado, not much. You've seen it. Amazingly so, a tornado will blow through a neighborhood. One house destroyed the house right next to it. Left intact, nothing wrong with it, not even a shingle gone. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. But what made us be able to survive? I believe it was the foundational bedrock of my mother's faith. My mother prayed, and my mother prayed, and God heard, and God responded. Perhaps you're in a storm in your life, a hurricane that's blowing in your life.
And in this series, we want to help you build that foundation. That one thing that will help you overcome the great storms of life. We want you to have an unshakable faith. Standing strong when things go wrong. Because they will, if they haven't already, they will, before too long, go wrong in your life. And we need to have that bedrock type foundation. Now I want you to consider, I want you to backtrack a little bit, 2,000 years. I want to go back to that first Easter Sunday. Any of you remember that first Easter Sunday? That's good. It meant you weren't there, but you still remember it. Amen. Heard about it. Heard sermons preached about it. In our mess, in your message notes, I want to start with our verse Matthew 28, 5 and 6 that we read earlier. Because it's about women who go to a tomb and find their foundation is, they thought was gone, was dead. Just much like you and I probably would. We'd feel the same way. Speak it up in verse 5. Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said he would. Come see where his body was lying. Now if you'll... Go back to the first line and circle the phrase, don't be afraid. You should have your pen in hand, so circle that phrase, don't be afraid. And But when the angel says that to the early followers of Jesus, he does it for an obvious reason. Because see, they showed up at the tomb. They're looking for a body. The body's not there. They would instantly then be afraid be a natural reaction to what they had just encountered. So the angel practically says to them, don't be afraid. But you got to go back three days prior, because on Good Friday, Jesus, the leader, had been arrested. Remember that, that part of the story? Just a, just a matter of hours before this, he was arrested, tried, crucified, dead, and buried. And these early disciples, like these women, they thought if they got Jesus, hey, we're going to be next. So they kind of went into hiding, you know. So maybe on the first Easter morning, like these women who made their way to the tomb, they kind of had one eye over their shoulder looking for people, maybe uh, the authorities looking for them as well, because they thought since we crucified Jesus, they're going to come after us next. But here's why the angel said what he did to them. Because the resurrection changed everything. There's you a good thing to write down in your, in your notes, somewhere on your notes. The resurrection changed everything. I mean, think about it. Just a few hours before that, Good Friday at the cross, early disciples, everybody's anxious. They're, they're weak in their knees. They're afraid. They're uncertain. Now, shortly after Easter Sunday, God's brought into their lives through the resurrection peace and power and protection and a whole new plan. 
Easter Sunday had taken them off of the shaky ground of the cross and put them on the solid ground of the empty tomb. And you see that in what happens next. I mean, you see Peter, for example, goes from being the easily shaken denier of Christ to this unshakable Peter in the new church. Thomas went from debtor, uh, I mean doubter, to a believer. He was easily shaken to the great uh, missionary and conformed into the missionary and with an unshakable ministry. John went from brokenhearted to healer. Mary went from tearful mother to triumphant caregiver. Mark, Mark went from a scared teenager to an emerging leader and writer of Scripture. And on and on we could go. Andrew to James. The resurrection changed everything, and it should change everything in your life too. That resurrection is critical for you as a believer. Shaken by what life had thrown your way and had thrown their way. And in this past week, perhaps you've been shaken with what life's thrown at you. Shaken because of something that was not right in your finances, in your relationships, or in your career. We're going through that now with Cindy, we're going through a career change. Whatever happened to your word is your bond. We had to go through this process with a severance package. And we got a one of our lawyer friends involved. And I'm so glad we did. Because the lawyer was able to take the written package that they had offered that was so vague how they interpreted it could have been up to up to anybody's decisions and he fixed it and they accepted it (laughs) and of course Cindy once again has done something great for that company because they didn't know how to do that now they do but somehow she wasn't what they needed in their in their company to be successful But she also told me, she said, you know, I'm more calm and relaxed and peaceful than I've been in a long, long time. Hey, that right there, you can't put a price tag on. Amen? Except last week. I owe her for last week. She had to babysit a lot of kids last week. And the new dog that we got is traumatized from all the kids being there. She's she's just barking out. There's there's nothing around. We just see her barking. She was asleep last night, woke herself up and started barking. I don't know what it is. Hopefully she'll get back to normal here soon. Let's get back to the message. What am I doing? You see, that resurrection makes a difference. But if your life has been shaken by whatever it might be, remember that resurrection can help you. Jesus can help you. Let's take a look at Matthew seven twenty four through 27. Uh, Kind of a long passage in your notes there, but follow along. It says, Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. You know, that's that's a pretty good place to build a house, on solid rock. Though the rains come, the torrents and the waters rise, the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But, foolish person, anyone who 
Here's my teaching. He doesn't obey it. It's foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the flood come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You see, the resurrection that we celebrate, we do it every Sunday around the communion table. We celebrate the resurrection. It will give us power that we need to experience unshakable faith and the ability to stand strong when things go wrong. It's possible. Now let me get into the four promises that we've got. Number one, God gives me peace when I'm anxious. God gives me peace when I'm anxious. Write that down. Jesus' disciples had plenty of reason to be anxious. They had plenty of reasons to worry. After all, uh, they had been following this guy for the last three years of their lives. And he was brutally crucified and buried. And now the same people that killed him were looking for them. So they went into hiding. They went into the witness protection program. Locked themselves in an upper room. Their world had been turned upside down. They didn't know what to believe. They were worried. Well, let's look at our next verse in our outline. John 20. It says, That Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them Peace be with you, he said. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a little bit upset and I'm a little bit scared and I'm in a room with a bunch of other folks that are in the same boat and Jesus showed up, I'm going to feel a lot better. I'll wait. Oh, man. So would you underline those four words that Jesus said? Peace be with you. That's very important because as he spoke, they showed them Or he did. He showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Make sure you underline those four words. Why did Jesus tell the disciples two times, peace be with you? Someone you had just seen brutally crucified and buried... And you're locked in a room, all of a sudden appears in front of you. You know, it's just kind of, let's calm you down here. <laughs> Peace be with you. Because they, they were freaking out. Let's be honest. I would, wouldn't you? If my brother would have gotten under that bed somehow, I'd have been freaking out because I'd have been smashed against the wall. But he, <laughs> he couldn't get under there. Because his butt was too big. I love it. It's true. I'm just going to say it. I probably shouldn't, but I did. He's not here to hear me, so that's great. And you don't know how to contact him, so we're good to go. Cindy does, but she doesn't like him, so it's it's all good. (laughs) But peace be with you. And then once he saw them calming down, he said, peace be with you again. Because of the anxiousness of the moment. The anxiousness of the time. Everything that the disciples were worrying about, everything that they were anxious about, Jesus was letting them know it really isn't worth worrying about. Oftentimes we get in that bind, don't we? 
We get in a bind of worrying about things we really don't need to worry about. I know talking to, to Michelle and Jeff this week, prior to her test being run, I mean, there was some anxiousness. And it's always good to have those tests running and then, you know, the doctor comes back and says, well, we couldn't find anything. And that's, that's fantastic, except, why do I still feel the way I feel? Well, we're going to run some more tests. Okay. Pretty soon she'll be proked and prodded and she'll be through with them. Tired of it. Lisa and Vermeer, you know, lost a baby. Overly anxious about this baby. I remember talking to her and, uh, she was starting to show that baby bump was, was out there. And I asked her, I said, are you nervous? She said, yes, I'm nervous. I said, I don't, I don't think God's got a, he's got, he's got his hand on you this time. I really think he does, don't you? She goes, I really want to believe that. Because you see, whenever we've experienced trouble or trial, we want God to, to show up. But is he? Is he? And now she's got this beautiful baby boy. Their whole world just changed when that boy showed up. And Gary and Sherry are going, Hallelujah. That's right. Boy, you should have seen the picture of Gary holding that baby. Had it by its feet like this, going, Come on now, here it go, come on. Oh no, boy, he had that little dude cradled up in there. Ain't nobody going to get around that baby and mess with him. Mm-mm. I love it. I love it. Sherry was already talking to him like he could understand anything she said. But maybe today you're dealing with something. A serious illness. A sickness. Financial struggle. Struggle in your marriage. Struggle with your kids. you got relationships that are going sour. you got things at work that aren't, aren't, aren't happening right. I want you to whisper those words to yourself. Peace be with you. Would you do that real quick? Say it to yourself. Ready? Peace be with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, Peace be with you. One more time. Say it to your neighbor. Peace be with you. Good job. You may be having high blood pressure issues. Peace be with you. I had to go in and get re um, it was time for my physical for my CDL license and I couldn't get my blood pressure it was 144 over something and it needs to be 140 over something I said really just four ticks and he goes I'll give you a three month extension but I can't do a year until we get that blood pressure down I thought you know what you can have this CDL license I don't have high blood pressure I take all this medicine for it. And, and so the nurse said, well, it's because you came to a new clinic and it's called white coat syndrome. I said, I'll buy that. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> so how'd I go? $95 later, but praise the Lord. You know, so I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that God has for you, but God give me peace when I'm anxious. Number let me look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7 before we move on to number 2. He says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Underline that word everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. 
Thank Him for all He's done. And then you'll begin to experience God's presence in a way you've never done before. Okay? Now, let's go on to flip over there and let's go on to number two. God give gives me power when I'm weak. Sometimes you just don't know and you're not strong enough to handle certain things. Pray, trust, lean, and God's going to give you the strength. God will give you the strength. He'll make he'll give you the power to make it through. Happened to me time and time and time again. How about you? Has it happened to you before? Boy, you could raise, all of us could raise our hands, can't we? When I saw Kim at the hospital, man, he was in pain. He was hurt. He said, Peggy, don't let the preacher come up here. Of course, what does Peggy do? She tells me. And what do I do? Stupid me, I go up and see him. And then what does he do? Oh, man, I'm so glad to see you. <coughs> he was being nice. But I understand what he's going through. Because when you're in a hospital, you don't really feel good. Let's be honest. <coughs> so, it would be better to not have visitors. But when the nurses find out that I'm his preacher, they all back out so I can visit with him. I love that. They're going to give him a bath. I don't know if that's going to be fun, but anyway, they're going to give him a bath. But she left the room so he and I could visit. And we prayed together. And I felt the presence of God in that time. And I appreciate him letting me come. He's always gracious to let me come. Even though he always tells Peggy, don't let him come. Tell him not to come. It's not not let me come. Tell him not to come. But we have a great time. And I love every one of you in this room, and you know I do. And if you don't know I do, well, I do. And if you're in the hospital, I want to come see you. It, may, it takes me a little longer to get to you than it used to. <laughs> but I'll get there. Now look at in your outline of 2 Corinthians 13.4. Although Jesus died on the cross in weakness, He now lives by the mighty power of God. And we too are weak, but we live in Him and have great what? Power. We have great power. It says that we may be weak at times, but if we are living in God, we will have great power. God is not impressed. God is not drawn to us if we try to do it in our own strength. It'll never happen. But when you do it in the strength and the power of God, great things happen. Tegan's been lifeguard at camp for a couple of weeks. She's probably questioning her sanity as to why she signed up to do that at this point. But I asked her today, I said, hey, two weeks. She goes, yes, one more, one more. (laughs) You could see the thrill in her eyes. Because it, it is a daunting task to be the lifeguard with over 300 kids. Oh, man, that's crazy. You could lose 20 of them and not even know they're gone. But I'm so glad that she's out there to minister and to share and, and as an extension of our church and just so proud of her. But I tr- I'm just telling you, however and whatever the obstacle is, God can help you through it. God can give you the power to overcome it. Look at Philippians 4.13. Great verse, you all know it. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You can. You can do everything through Christ who gives you strength. Rocky Kalmus used to write that verse reference on the back of his shoe when he played football here in Jinx. 
Philippians 4.13. He, I, and I believe he did that in college and prose as well. He wrote Philipp, Philippians 4.13. I think that's awesome. Because it's through Christ that we can get it done. So let me review with you. Number one, God gives me peace when I'm anxious. Number two, God gives me power when I'm weak. And here's number three, God gives me protection when I'm afraid. Fear is the number one common human emotion. Death. When I say the word death, it creates fear in us. You're ready. I don't think he's ready yet, but you're ready. Okay. And that, that's the way you're supposed to live, isn't it? Oh, he is, sister. I saw you two walking down the street the other day. Scared me to death. I said, what are you two girls doing walking down there? And one of them, <laughs> Christine said, we can take care of ourselves. I said, yes, ma'am. I rolled my wind up and I just kept on going. I could see the aura of God around him right there. Because <laughs> you see, God gives me protection when I'm afraid. You don't have to fear. Michelle, you don't have to fear what's going on with your health. God's got you. You don't have to fear. The Bite family. You don't have to fear. God's got you. God's got you in His hands. We see it all the time, don't we? We see God heal people in ways that we don't understand. But whatever you're fearful of, whatever it is, if you're facing tomorrow, don't don't let that fear grip you. Lean on God. Trust in God. And God will give you the protection when you're afraid. If it's finances... Right now, Cindy and I are, are just, you know, we're kind of watching our P's and Q's and, and, uh, on our money. And that's okay. It's, it's a good thing to do. Um, we need to, we need to understand whatever it is that God is bringing before you, He can help you through it. So I just want to encourage you in that. Look at Matthew 7, 24 and, and 25. Two things I want you to learn from here. Look at, it says, Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, is wise. If you listen to the teaching and you follow it, you're wise. Like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents, circle that word though. Though. Because I want to come back to it in a minute. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. Now that word though. Jesus said that if the rains come, and the rains are going to come, though the rains come, the storms of life are going to come, there is no such thing as a perfect free life or a problem-free life. There's no such thing as a perfect life, a problem-free life. Storms are going to come. Jesus doesn't promise that even after you follow Him, that things are, are going to be just perfect. The only place that's perfect will be in heaven. We won't have to worry about it there. So I'm looking forward to that day. But in this world, Jesus said, you're going to have many problems. And there in the, in the, is a word for that problem of another after another after another. It's just really called life, isn't it? Life is full of problems. Life is full of fears. It's going to happen. That's why in this series it's called Standing Strong. When things go wrong, or if things go wrong. Because you're guaranteed to have problems in this life. But if your house is built on the bedrock of God, 
and built, and you've built your house on that solid foundation, the solid foundation of Christ, God's Word, following God's plan, experiencing God's power, then you'll be able to stand. You'll be able to stand strong when those winds come and when they come against you. It's hard for us to accept, especially for men. Men, men are hard-headed. How many women would say amen? How many men would say amen? You are. We're hard-headed. Worst thing in the world for a man to ever admit is that he's wrong. Also telling the truth. (laughs) Men are protectors. That's why they're like they are. Men are protectors. My grandmother taught me how to handle tornadoes when they come. You go out and stand in the front yard and you watch them. You know what that means, don't you? You're standing there as a man and you you dare that tornado to come and take you. Come on. Just get over here. Actually, she taught me, when you see it coming your way, run, boy, run. (laughs) Run, Forrest, and get inside a hole somewhere. We are all made in the image of God. God is strong. And He's strongest when we are willing to surrender to His strength and not try to work from our strength position. Psalm 18.2 The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, my place of safety. I want you to think right now, what's bothering you? What's hindering you? What's slowing you down? Why don't you let God, your rock, your protector, your place of safety, envelop you and envelop that fear and protect you? God gives me protection when I'm afraid. And then lastly, number four, God gives me a plan when I'm uncertain. When Jesus died on the cross, the disciples felt anxious, weak, and fearful, but they also felt uncertain. They weren't sure about their future. Everything they had given their life for over the last seven years seemed so uncertain. But the great part was that the resurrection created a change for them. It it gave them a promise that they needed to build from and make as a solid foundation in their life. But maybe you are feeling what they're feeling. I, I just don't, I seem to be aimless. I don't have any direction. Jeremiah 29 11, you all know this, this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster. I'll give you a future and a hope. You see, God has the plan. You don't have to have the plan. God has the plan. You just begin to live the life that God's called you to live. James 1 5, if you need wisdom, how do you get it? You simply ask for it. Just ask Him and He will gladly give it to you. He will not resent your asking for wisdom. Because see, God's not up in heaven with His arms crossed saying, well, you just try to get something out of me. I'll show you. That's not God. God's watching and He's going, hey, how about this? Hey, let me give you that. Hey, I can help you over there. Whoa, man, this, sir, you're going to go that route? I'm going to go with you. 
Now here's how. Here's where I want you to uh, use the back of your card. So I want you to get your card, get your connection card, and get your pen. Ephesians 5, it says, His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. Would you underline that phrase, bringing us to Himself? Salvation comes through Christ. Why did Christ die on the cross? Why was Jesus raised again from the dead? Simply to give us salvation. And salvation comes through Christ. Now, I want you to look at your card at the bottom. The bottom of the card on the back, it says, Journey Annual Spiritual Survey. The journey that you're on, the journey in life that you're on, I want us to spend a few minutes talking about that journey that you're on. And I've tried to do this every year. I don't think I get it done every year, but I'm going to try to do better to make make us once a year do this survey together. Because we're in a journey, aren't we? We're in a journey with the God. And so the letter A, if you th- if you believe that you are just in good shape with God. There's no problems in your life with Him. You're trusting Him. You're leaning on Him. You're walking with Him. Would you put a check mark in that box by the letter A? Man, you're you're in good standing. Everything's good. You're feeling good. You you, you know what's going on. It's, ah, it's everything's good. So, So A. Letter B. Letter B's the person who is still searching a little bit, believes that they're okay, but yet, you know, could use some tweaking in their spiritual walk. Would you put B? Now, I want you, I want to reassure you, I am the only person who's going to see these cards. Nobody's going to see them, just me. And if you'll trust me, and I hope you will, I'm just going to use these for prayer. I may contact you. Personally, if I see something that you've marked here that needs some further question, but you're at, you're at B, you're you know you're okay with God, but a little tweaking, or maybe you're at C. C is, well, I really need the Lord. I really need to find the Lord. I really need to solidify where I am with God. I've thought about it a lot. Uh, I've never been baptized. Uh, I've backslidden. I'm, I'm kind of away from God. I need to get back to God. C is where I'd want you to go. Check C. D, the letter D is a person who says, you know, I know all I need to know about God and I don't want anything to do with Him. I don't want anything to do with Him. I don't want anything to mess with Him. I don't want Him to mess with me. I'm done. I go to church, just, I don't know why I really come, but I do. You're probably more C than D if you're doing that. But maybe you're just, you know, anything to do with God. Then D is what you check. Make sure your name's on the front. And uh, I'd like, I'd like to get these cards collected. And then if they, if you put them in my office on my desk for me. So, can I get a couple men to uh, just pass the cards to the center? 
aisles there, and then uh, I'll have a couple men pick those up. If you would, just, just put them on my... Uh, uh, we don't need the trays. Sam, just come by and get them. Yeah, and then just uh, put those on my uh, on my desk for me, guys. And I appreciate you folks doing this for me. I'll be praying for you and uh, making sure that God's moving in your life. And if uh, you know, I may give you a call, I may drop you a text message. Uh, just in some way, I just want to stay in touch with you, whatever you're struggling with. All right. We always offer an invitation here at the church. Never never have we not offered an invitation. Today's going to be no, uh, no different. Perhaps something I've said today in that unshakable faith that you need, and you need to grab the bedrock of what God can give you, we need to give you an opportunity to move that direction. It may be through prayer. It may be through accepting Christ as your Savior. It may be joining the church, placing membership, digging your roots down here. It may just simply be, I just need somebody to pray for me because I'm just struggling with some things. I don't know what it is, but you do. God does. And if God's prompting you to respond, would you today? We're going to sing a great song, Just As I Am. And while we're singing that song, if you'd come forward, let us know what it is that God has on your heart. And uh, I believe God has a, a response for you. Let's stand and sing together. <clears throat> Just as I am.